sermon for St. Philip the Deacon, the 18th Sunday after Trinity. The reading appointed for today is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, beginning at verse 26. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go towards the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearers, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptised? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azos, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. This is not actually how I envisage preaching in CITI, but unfortunately, with current restrictions, is the way things are. I'm very technically challenged, as you all know already. So if you're hearing this recorded, then consider it to be a mini miracle and be assured that someone helped me. It is much more likely that you're reading it in print because of my inability with technology. Although I have to say my technical skills have improved greatly, but they were coming from an extremely low starting point. Today is St. Philip the Deacon's Day, and Morris very kindly reminded me of that fact in case it slipped my mind, which it may well have. The fact that a saint's day falls on a Sunday makes it all the more important to remember, and I feel that Philip is a good example in ministry for us to consider. The week before last, we were writing our self-exegesis for Katie about the ways in which we came in contact with the Bible and Bible reading. It was a trip down memory lane for me, 
as I remembered so many different people who had taken the time to share Bible verses, Bible stories, hymns, choruses and passages of scripture and explore their meaning with me. These people are just names. Mr Dowling, our Sunday school teacher, Miss Smith, Miss Taylor and Miss Mitchie, our school teachers, Mrs Fox, our organist, Canon Alexander, our rector, and the Bible club leaders who were all informally known by their first names, Winifred, Roberta, Anne and Pearl from Child Evangelism Fellowship, Stanley and Shirley from the Faith Mission, Robert, Herbert and Jean from Scripture Union, and Millie, Bee and Mildred from the Girls' Brigade. Apart from my teachers, none of these people were getting paid to teach me, to spend time with me, to examine scripture or encourage me in my faith. In fact, all of them were probably out of pocket as a result of being helpers in a Christian youth, youth organisation. Yet they took the time to open God's word and share it with me and other young people. And in doing so, they changed lives. In the reading appointed for today, we see Philip the deacon doing exactly the same thing, explaining the scriptures to an Ethiopian eunuch who's reading the prophet Isaiah, but is not sure what the passage means. How did this event occur? Well, first let us look at Philip the deacon and his story and the context in which our reading is set. The new church in Jerusalem was growing and with growing numbers came some internal difficulties. Does that sound familiar? We may not all have the growth in our churches, but we all have the internal difficulties in one way or another. At this stage, the church was entirely Jewish in its composition, but there were two different groups of Jews in the fellowship. Grecian Jews, who were born outside Palestine, spoke Greek and were more Grecian than Jewish in their outlook and attitudes. The other group were Hebraic Jews who spoke Aramaic or Hebrew and preserved the Jewish customs and culture. The early church had a responsibility towards the needy and particularly widows and orphans. They had a routine weekly collection called the cuppa or basket and a daily collection called the tamhul or tray to gather up money and food for distribution to those in need. The dispute arose because the Grecian Jews complained that their widows were not getting the fair share of the food. And so the disciples decided to appoint seven helpers to deal with this practical aspect of the ministry of the early church. Two important points deserve to be mentioned here. First, let us think about all the people who are helpers in our churches. So many people from the cleaners, the flower arrangers, the Sunday school, creche and youth club leaders, the hall managers and vestry members and countless other people who all help on a voluntary basis. Helpers should not be overlooked or taken for granted as they are an important part of the collaborative ministry of the church. The rector cannot do everything and helpers have an essential and necessary role in the life of the church. Secondly, how many of us started off as helpers in the church and became more and more involved because we were asked to help in the first place? As a child, I loved being asked to help give out the prayer books or take up the collection 
or ring the church bell or read a lesson. When I was older as a teenager and college student, I was asked to help with Sunday school and run the youth club. One of my most memorable involvements was when our rector, Canon John McCullough, asked me to take part in a dramatic reading of the Passion in the, Passion, in the Parish Hall. It brought the Easter Passion narrative alive and had a lasting effect on me. In fact, I've repeated that exercise many times in school with students. I firmly believe that very many, sorry, I firmly believe that very few people volunteer, but they respond much better to being asked to help. That can often be the start of a journey towards more and more involvement as God draws people to himself and into his service. So back to Philip the deacon. The disciples chose seven helpers to deal with the practical tasks of food distribution and Philip was one of these. The disciples decided not to divert their time from prayer and preaching the word of God to be involved in such practical tasks. So it is interesting to note that the first office bearers were chosen for a practical task. Another one of the seven helpers was Stephen, who a short time later became the first Christian martyr. So the context of our reading is a time of great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And although the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, the other workers were scattered and Philip the deacon went to Samaria. It is recorded that Philip was preaching, performing miracles of healing and removing evil spirits, bringing great joy to the city of Samaria. So we see Philip has moved from being a helper to becoming an evangelist and more involved in the early church. This was the beginning of the fulfilment of the instructions Jesus gave the disciples to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Philip played an important role in bringing the gospel to Samaria. It was while Philip was in Samaria that he received a message from an angel. This is the first of three times that the passage refers to an angel or the Spirit of God leading Philip. The angel spoke to Philip and told him to go out to the desert road from Jerusalem to Gaza and there he saw the Ethiopian eunuch sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. The Spirit spoke to Philip a second time and prompted him to go near the chariot. Philip heard the man reading Isaiah and asks the leading question, Do you understand what you are reading? Philip then joins the eunuch in his chariot and explains the scriptures and shares the good news of Jesus with him. When they reach water, he baptised the eunuch and the Spirit suddenly led Philip away and he continued on to Caesarea. Three times Philip heard and obeyed the Spirit's prompting and this led him to convert the Ethiopian eunuch, which traditionally marks the start of the Ethiopian church. Philip's ministry had far-reaching consequences. Many times in our journeys of faith, we too have heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Maybe on our journey towards ordination or in our ministry work for the church. On one occasion while I was training, Archbishop Michael Jackson was speaking about these Holy Spirit promptings. He described how you might suddenly have somebody on your mind or hear a name and you can't stop thinking about them. He recommended that we should act on these promptings within a fortnight and I feel that's been good advice to me in my ministry. May God help us to be alert to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and enable us to act upon them as Philip did. 
An interesting aside is that in our reading for today, there's one missing verse. Verse 37 is absent. Some manuscripts include verse 37, where the eunuch says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We could have an interesting discussion with Katie on why that was left out. But some commentators suggested that the confession was not supported in earlier manuscripts. Still, it does not alter the reading at all, and the Ethiopian remains one of the outstanding converts in the Acts of the Apostles. We meet Philip the Deacon again 20 years later, when he kindly offered hospitality to Paul and his companion on their way through Caesarea. Philip has ministered in Caesarea for over 25 years. What a good and faithful servant he was, and a great example to us. In conclusion, I think Philip the Deacon reminds us to give thanks for all those who shared scripture with us. And he inspires us to take the time to help others in their search for God. Amen.